I'm Caleb Brown, host of the Cato Daily Podcast. It is December, and I am once again here to ask you to support the Cato Daily Podcast and the broad mission of the Cato Institute by becoming a podcast sponsor. If you support Cato to the tune of $1,000 or more, I'll gladly give you a shout-out on the podcast. The way to do it is to visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor and make your donation. If you prefer, you may designate someone to receive the benefits associated with a donation of any amount. It's up to you. Cato accepts no government money, and we depend on the generosity of our sponsors to help us advance the values of individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor and support the Cato Daily Podcast and the Cato Institute. Thank you. This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Sunday, December 23, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. Courts regularly defer to federal agencies in interpreting statutes, but courts also defer to agencies when the agencies interpret their own regulations. And those interpretations regularly change from one administration to the next. A new Supreme Court case challenges that deference. Cato's Andrew Grossman comments on the case of Kaiser v. O'Rourke. Legal nerds are familiar with Chevron deference, the idea that when a statute is relatively less than clear, that uh, we should defer to the agency charged with applying that statute, writing regulations about that statute. We should defer to their interpretations of the statute for the purposes of creating regulation. Is that about right? That's about right. So going – and then there's this other level in which uh, – where a regulation may or may not be unclear, but an agency through various publications or maybe just through whim, uh, maybe do they have to publish these documents that indicate how they interpret the regulation? No, it can just be in a court brief. Um, that's really the amazing thing here is that you have an agency that writes a regulation. They're acting in this legislative mold and then years later, months later, whenever, simply interprets it. It could be in the context of a particular case. So you don't have even any notice as to what the regulation means beforehand. OK. So the case that we, we – where we get a deference to agencies with respect to their interpretations of statutes is called – we know it as Chevron. Now, with respect to uh, giving deference to agencies in terms of interpreting their own regulations, uh, that case is known as uh, Auer v. Robbins, A-U-E-R. Uh, and there is a case uh, pending, Kaiser v. Wilkie, K-I-S-O-R, uh, that is pending before the U.S. Supreme Court that threatens to undermine this our case. So what does that mean? That if, if, if our goes away, what does that mean? Well, I wouldn't say threatens so much as promises to uh, in a positive sense. Um, if the court overrules our, what that means is that you actually get judicial review uh, when you're dealing with an agency regulation. The way things work now, um, an agency can bring an enforcement action that is actually adjudicated by the agency. Um, the, and then the agency interprets its own regulations, effectively putting a thumb on the scale. And the courts will then defer to the agency on both the facts 
as well as the meaning of the law, the interpretation of the regulations. So overturning our puts in place a crucial check on agency abuses of power. So in some sense, we're letting cops decide what the law actually says? Uh, they get to write the law, they get to uh, enforce the law, and then they get to determine what it means. All three you know, branches of our government in, in just one single agency. It's the very definition of tyranny per Montesquieu. Agencies that have adopted some interpretation of a regulation, and sometimes regulations, even well-meaning ones, are vague. Uh, perhaps sometimes they're responding to, to statutes that are vague or unclear about what direction the uh, federal agency ought to go in. How often when uh, an administration changes, even the same party or a different party, how often are these interpretations of specific regulations simply abandoned and altered fundamentally? It happens all the time, and frequently there is no way for the public to know because the agency can alter its interpretation of a regulation in something like a court brief. So somebody, you know, it, it deprives the public of notice of the law, but it also deprives the public of the ability to participate in rulemaking. In an ideal world, an agency would make cho would make choices, go through notice and comment rulemaking, and then write a clear regulation. Under our, they don't have to do any of that. If this case our goes away because of Kaiser v. Wilkie, now pending before the U.S. Supreme Court, what changes in how federal agencies do their jobs and what changes for people who are, in a, in a well-meaning sense, just trying to comply with uh, federal regulation governing their behavior? Well, for agencies, I think you would stop seeing these very adventuresome and surprising interpretations of regulations. Um, instead of coming out with these outlandish uh, interpretations that catch uh, regulated parties by surprise, agencies would be a little bit more confined in terms of how it is they apply the law. And that's a good thing because if agencies wanted to uh, change what it is that the law is, at the very least, they should have to go through notice and comment and make the public aware of the law. And that's the other side of the coin is that for the public, there would be greater notice of the law because agencies would be clearer and you'd be facing less risk of these unlikely, unexpected interpretations of the law. Do you have a prediction or is it, is it too early to say what the actual outcome of this case might be? Well, this is one of those few cases where I think you actually can make a prediction and have if not full confidence in it, at least some. Um, you have several. You have the Chief Justice, joined by Justice Alito, wrote a concurrence in which he suggested revisiting Auer. Um, Justice Thomas has suggested that Auer is unconstitutional uh, because it, it prevents the judiciary from saying what the law is, in other words, fulfilling the judicial function. Justice Gorsuch has observed when he was on the Tenth Circuit that with agencies, when they have all this centralized power, if anything, courts should scrutinize what they're doing more not less. Um, and then Justice Kavanaugh has identified with Justice Scalia's um, view that our will not um, be the law of the land for much longer. He said that in a, a 2016 speech at George Mason University. So you put that all together and just count noses, that's, that's five votes. Does that impose uh, anything on Congress? Because, you know, there, there are the, you know, Congress has a reputation for writing vague statutes. Uh, and then when the uh, good faith regulators try to apply that statute through regulation. 
Congress gets to wave its finger at the agency and say, oh, you guys are out of control. Well, in a certain sense, it actually could help improve congressional uh, agency accountability to Congress. Because if agencies have to be clear about what they're doing, they're going to have to make particular policy choices, and then Congress can vet those over uh, those choices in its oversight activities. Um, there's also the, you know, a, a decision that overturns our I think would call into question the continued vitality of the Supreme Court Chevron doctrine, which is the same idea, but as applied to statutes. And that's the kind of thing that really could get Congress back in the legislating game. Andrew Grossman is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. As we are now knee deep in the season of giving, I'm asking you once again, the Cato Daily Podcast listener, to financially support our work promoting individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace by visiting cato.org slash podcast sponsor and learn about the benefits of sponsorship. That's cato.org slash podcast sponsor.